0: This week on the Tech on Tap podcast, we talk NetApp on NetApp with Eduardo Rivera and Faisal Salam.
1: Well, welcome to the
0: Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi. I love NetApp.
2: Oh yeah.
1: NetApp, I love this company. Zipor, Zipor. I love NetApp because it's so funny. <laughs>
0: Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. I'm here in the studio today and we're going to talk about uh, NetApp on NetApp and Customer One. And to do that, we've invited a couple guests Um, in the studio. Eduardo is here. Hi, Eduardo.
2: Hi right, Justin. I see that you didn't try to pronounce my last name. It's
0: not a pronunciation it's... thing. I always get the wrong name, <laughs> and I didn't so, want to do that again. So like, 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 you, you omitted it. it. Okay. I'm so... just, I'm just, I'm, you're just one name now. You're like All Madonna right. to me.
2: I, I like that. I think I'm, I'm going to stick with that then. There you go. Well, just well, just just, next,
0: for, from now on, you'll just be a symbol. Like, you'll just be like an <laughs> ankh or something. So, Eduardo, if you could introduce yourself and tell everybody what you do here at NetApp. Oh, thank you. Thank so, you.
2: Yes, my name is Eduardo. I work in NetApp IT, and I man- I manage a storage infrastructure team, which is like or a storage engineering team, uh, similar to many other big uh, companies. Right, we have our own storage infrastructure we need to manage, We deploy, it, architect it, etc. That's what my team does, and that's what I manage. So I am. We call ourselves Customer One because we're the first customer of all NetApp technology, because that's all we deploy.
0: <laughs> and uh, how do we reach you on social media if we wanted to do so?
2: Oh, I do have a Twitter account. It's at uh, Mr. Rivera. Rivera, he there finally gave it up. Yeah, yeah I, I should change that. Add Mr. Eduardo or something, right? Just
0: say Eduardo.
2: Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's good. I think it's about good.
0: that. Uh, also on the phone, uh, we have another guest. Um, his name is Faisal Salam. So, Faisal, if you could tell everybody what you do here at NetApp and how to reach you.
1: Sure, Justin. My name is Faisal Salam. I am a senior storage engineer at NetApp IT. Um, I work on all things on tap. Uh, but my areas of, uh, you know, the areas I focus on are uh, Flex Groups, Harvest, AQOS, uh, ActiveIQ. I've uh, been with NetApp for close to six years. I'm looking forward to tell, talk to you guys about uh, Flex Groups and how we've deployed it at NetApp AP. Now you're speaking my language.
0: <laughs> Get the Flex Groups here. And you can tell by what we have, uh, the people we have in the studio, what we're talking about today. And that is NetApp's use of Flex Group volumes with Active IQ. But before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about the Customer One and the NetApp on NetApp program. So um, NetApp on NetApp, what is that, Eduardo?
2: So within within the IT organization, right, reporting into the CIO, we have a, what we call the NetApp on NetApp program. And it's essentially, I'm going to call it a, a a marketing arm of IT. right? Because we are the consumers of our own products, we are often engaged in conversations with, with customers and, and maybe even partners or even you know, sales teams on the field about how things work and how our experience has been with those uh, products. NetApp, NetApp takes uh, takes those experiences, packages them up into like things like blogs and you know collateral and you know uh, you know other face-to-face conversations, and they really are you know in a continuous loop trying to engage us from the IT side with the customer uh, customers of NetApp, and that's I guess that's what. Um, what drove, for example, this podcast and other things? They're already engaged, trying to get uh, get us uh, to talk about what we do. All
0: right, and customer one you said is the you know basically NetApp using NetApp in a certain regard. <laughs> right,
2: right, right. So it's, it's sort of a it's sort of like a, I guess a a silly name I think about it. Right. So customer one was that uh, we actually have uh two organizations. One is called Customer Zero, and then we're called Customer One. So Customer Zero is the IT organization that services engineering. So they're these the incubators are, of, right, right. of the virus. Yeah. So those are the guys that are literally taking like a you know, any kind of pro that we have like on top or, you know, the Solid Fire or whatever we have and they're deploying it like Pre-beta code on production on their systems because their systems are supporting the development of, the, of that code, so they can feel the, field, uh, you know, any issues, whatnot, right, right, uh, up front, so they can kind of troubleshoot them and work through them. So that's Customer here, right? They have a pretty large environment, larger than ours actually, but it's an engineering-focused IT organization. Uh, customer one, we're more like the traditional, I'll say, uh, enterprise IT organization where our, in- our systems support, uh, you know, all the Traditional, you know, Oracle databases, ERP, EBI, you know, and other applications that we build, like auto support, we support all the infrastructure that make those applic- business applications uh, work. So we call ourselves customer one because we're not as bleeding edge as zero, but we do consumer pros early and often, and and we also provide this feedback to pro product, uh, product development.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you're when you're working at NetApp, you don't really think about it too much. But you're like, you know, we're not just selling storage; we're consuming it.
2: That's right. Like, you know, right.
0: every company really is. But um, you know, we need to do the day to day as well.
2: Right, and and, and I think it's a, it's, a, it's an interesting position to be in, right? Because when you're here, there's no there's no question about what you're going to deploy but you're also faced with like, well, you should deploy one of everything that we have, so we can we can have that exposure and understanding, and, and certainly we, we try to do that. So it becomes sort of like a, a, a two-sided job. On the one hand, we're trying to keep the lights on with whatever storage infrastructure we, we need. And on the other hand, we also want to consume all products that we you know uh, sell to customers so we can have the experience and really provide the feedback back to, to product development and that kind of stuff. So it's sort of like a, a, a dual type of purpose of, of our organization.
0: Yeah, and it really helps you when the customer says, well, do you use your own stuff? And you're like, well, of course. Right. <laughs> why wouldn't I?
2: <laughs> no, we do. We, we actually, uh, I mean, there, there's very few things, and I can't even think of one right now that we may not have on the floor. But, uh, yeah, we have one of everything, pretty much.
0: And there you go. All right, so, Faisal, you mentioned that we're doing Flex Groups in uh, this program. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about what work you're doing with Flex Groups and why you chose them
1: yeah let me kind of give you some background right so sometime last year the auto support team here uh, kind of walked up to us and and said hey we've we've read about flex groups and uh, we got this tremendous amount of uh, data that we ingest uh, on uh, on a weekly basis now we're wondering if we can work with you guys um, so that's when we thought let's kind of do a poc so we started off doing a poc uh, deployed it on our subprod infrastructure and uh, things went well. That's when we deployed uh, flex groups on production. Um, now, currently we've only done it for the ASAP flat file uh, infrastructure, because that's where we got tremendous amount of data coming in uh, almost every day, right? Because this includes uh, auto support data from filers all, all over the world from the field. Um, so um, so when, we, when we looked at it, we were changing volumes um, every month, right, with the traditional flex file volume, uh, the size limitations, and the number of files that it can store, we were constantly changing volumes. and,
2: and Yeah, that, we basically had a farm of, like, independent NFS volumes that were getting all this data ingestion, and it just it was a, a chore to keep uh, cycling through them. As it's we're kind of like
0: there. filling up a disk and then having to change out the disk, That's right. right? That's right,
2: yeah.
1: Exactly. And that involved, you know, rfc that involved man man hours uh you know uh plenty of man hours when we did the math Um, so that's after we deployed flex groups if i if i look at it now and compared with last year we've we have eliminated all of that uh uh, managing and administering stuff has become easy uh, not not just for us but but other teams um uh, folks on the application side um you know they also mentioned performance wise they've been a tremendous uh, improvement when they look at the statistics before and after flex groups um so that that's that's mainly from kind of like a background of what we did with flex groups
2: yeah and, and to give some more background to the I guess listeners up uh, so when we talk about auto support, I guess you can turn use the terms today, auto support, active IQ interchangeably, right? ActiveIQ is sort of the, the new branding with all the new features. But uh, but in general, like we, we talk about it as auto support that's the name we know. But it's not just one application, right? It's a collection of services and applications that make it all work. And and the biggest issue that, that we're describing right here is the initial ingestion of all those files and all that data that comes from all the systems on the field. Not only on that, right, but almost every Device that we have out there has some sort of auto support uh, data that's sent in, and we collect it. We collect it on on on, on the filers, and that's uh, that's kind of how we got started here.
0: So you mentioned that things went well. I mean, what sort of performance gains are you seeing uh, out of this? Can you give give me sort of like a quantification of that?
1: Oh, yeah Absolutely. So uh, when I looked at the IOPS and and throughput, we are seeing twice as much performance from from before Flex groups that's from the storage perspective
2: right and 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 just to to kind of elaborate on that, right so a couple of things are at play here, right so number one when we start we, when you have regular manifest volumes as we did right it's a, it's a volume in a particular node and a particular aggregate taking a stream of data and you know the, the files are pretty fast, so that was, that was okay but uh, but again, we had all these issues managing it and frankly the volume, of our support keeps growing and growing. Right, it's not; it doesn't get smaller. It gets larger and more numerous. So, as we're moving, uh, as we're thinking about the future, one of the things that attracted to us to Flex Group is that not only does it have a scalability capacity-wise, we'll talk about it in a minute, but it's really now we have a collection of volumes that are distributed equally across a group of nodes. So, therefore, when we're ingesting uh, that does, that write operation gets distributed across the, across the cluster, pretty. Uh I'll I'll say pretty equivalently. I mean from what we observed. So we get the collective throughput of every single node, the collective responses of every single node. Uh you know, our our network uh as we moved into this we we kinda went with uh you know fast nine thousand forty gig Ethernet to big big pipes. And uh and, and collectively that has I think resulted in a much you know, as as I made twice uh much uh, more IOPS you know, throughput. Uh, and response time is is relatively low, uh because again it's 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 just running out of a whole bunch of high performance nodes that are actively collecting you know, collectively acting together.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned these volumes are spread across multiple nodes, but mm-hmm. the the you guys don't actually see that, right, unless you're looking for That's it.
2: right, that's right. So I guess uh you know I should <laughs> I should give you more background. So flex group, right? When you create a flex group, it looks like a single volume. And that's the advantage of it. It's one single uh mount point. I want to say a volume. And behind the scenes, that flex group is uh is made of a whole bunch of constituent volumes that are spread across, right? And there's no, you know, unless you go into the advanced setting, you don't really even see them, right? When you look at the file, you're kind of looking at the the flex groups themselves. Uh, I guess it's it's easy to think about them just as flex balls because that's really what they look like and, and feel like. But collectively, they're they're aggregating from multiple sources.
0: So how many nodes are in this cluster that you're running?
2: So so we actually started small. We started. We have a four node cluster today, uh, that that we put together for this purpose. And, but the, the idea is that as we move forward, for example, somewhere in the May time frame of this year, we're going to add another four, probably. So it's going to be something that we're going to continually feed nodes up to a point, right? Because uh, you know, there's a 20 petabyte you know, limit, at, at which point we'll figure out and probably create another flex group, maybe within the same cluster, maybe a different cluster. We, we haven't decided that yet. But the idea is that we'll grow it on building blocks as we go forward.
0: So you mentioned there's a 20 petabyte limit mm-hmm. for Flex Group. That's right. It's not an actual limit. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah. So you can actually expand beyond that. And actually, that'd be a great use case for engineering to help you with so we can actually vet out going beyond 20 petabytes. Because oh, we've yeah. only tested 20 petabytes.
2: Well, that's what I, I read on the bus. documentation. I so, say, yeah, I'm customer one. I read right, the documentation. Right, So, yeah, I would, um, <laughs>
0: I would say go for it. All right. All right. <laughs> Since we are NetApp on NetApp, you know. Okay. Um. So, what kind of nodes are these? Are these fast nodes or the AFF? Yeah,
2: nodes? no, they're, they're fast nodes. So, the, the the way that we build them, they're fast nine thousand nodes, uh, and we outfitted them with really. Uh, uh, actually, I have the stack somewhere in here, but I'll, I'll say by note. I think we have a couple of shelves of the sixty terabyte drives uh, using nearline SAS. I think eight terabyte drives we used, and then we added to each one a a shelf of a uh, nine hundred sixty gig SSDs to create flash pools. So the flash pool enable fast nine thousands, uh, and they work. Yeah, they worked pretty well. We we didn't, frankly, we didn't see the need to deploy all flash apps for this purpose because the workload is really a large sequential write into it, uh, and what we really needed is the distribution with the flex group and the you know the simplicity of management.
0: Yeah, and I wanted to call out the fact that it was probably a FAS because yeah. um, you can do flex groups with either FAS or AFF, yeah. and you're getting two times performance with yeah. FAS. Yeah. 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 If you went to AFF, you'd probably see a little better, but maybe not, depending on the workload.
2: It depends right. on the workload, right? So, so we are actually, you know, very much into AFF. This past fiscal year has been the year AFF. We deployed like thirty plus of them, but um, yeah, they, they work well for all the the randomness, uh, the, the random work uh, IO workloads that we have. Our Oracle database is really well on them, uh, but for this use case, it just it wasn't warranted. We 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 actually did pretty well with uh with the solution. What I needed is throughput like raw throughput in terms of uh ethernet and uh distribution of the volumes and you know, the ability to write large sequential work, uh workloads.
0: And what's the uh size of the flex group now?
2: So, the flex group we actually created two flex groups uh just because of the application wants to see two different volumes. Each one is 600, 600 terabytes. terabytes.
1: Yeah, 600 terabytes.
2: 600 okay. terabytes. However, if I if I can get my stats here, the reality is that, logically speaking, those 600 terabytes today, actually, we are using collectively like 700 like, of actual writing data between the two, like 300-something per, per, per flex group. That's representing 3.6 petabytes of capacity because of all the compression and the duplication that we're getting from that. Oh, excellent.
0: So what sort of ratios are you getting out of your storage efficiencies on that?
2: So in comp- com- com- this particular data set gets about 78% compression, and another, like, i say, two or three percent deduplication. But collectively again we're 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 reducing for three point six petabytes to you know seven hundred terabytes.
0: Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Um so are you what what on version are you guys running?
2: Nine uh is it in 9.5 already Faisal? Do you remember? It's 9.4 P2. P yeah, 9.4. Are you leveraging the uh, aggregate level deduplication? Yes. Yep. Yeah, yep, okay. yep. Yeah when you do the you know it it's, it's it's hard to to calculate. I was looking at it before we came here, but the um we look at the aggregate level efficiency which you, you can do like area show uh efficiency i forget the, the word command, show efficiency i think it's called then it will show you like um the ratios and the ratios for each area getting involved is like you know 110 119 to 1 or something like that depending on which one you're looking at
0: are you uh, planning on doing any fabric pool with this data set uh like offloading it to storage grid or to cloud for for archive or capacity savings
2: well not at this time we we you know Maybe we haven't really crossed a bridge with this. I mean, uh, in fact, we are doing fiber pool kind of like a uh, POCs with the latest uh on 9.5 on our o- AFF systems right now. Uh, but we haven't looked at uh doing that with this now. Could that be a potential? I think could be in the future,
0: yeah. Of course, you'd have to go to AFF to do that, but
2: right. Yeah. So, so that depends. That It's gonna have to have cross a, a bridge where we add nodes that are all flash fast in the future and that kind of stuff. So, so when that comes to pass, then we may look into it
0: yeah and honestly like the a f f stuff would also help you with your uh your overall storage efficiency story because you'd be getting the inline
2: yeah yeah well. yeah i mean we again we the efficiencies are very dependent on the type of data and uh and our data does extremely well with compression so again again seventy eight 80 percent compression ratios uh the inline duplication would just be another you know, add a bonus to that. Right. Uh, but again, we'll, we'll have to figure out because again, it's all fast today. We'll have to see where or not we, we moved on AFF, but, but yes, presumably we'll help more. And,
0: um, uh, what sort of average file size are we dealing with?
2: Faisal, do you know? Um, they're, they're relatively size. small per file, right? They're not like, they're not gig files, right? They're probably somewhere in the order of like, a uh, a few hundred megs, maybe, like, maybe less than a gig per file, but, but, uh, but I'll have to look, uh, I'll have to look. Yeah, I'd have to check that, yeah.
0: Okay, and now these, like, the uh, the actual raw auto support data that comes in, right? Yes,
2: that's correct, yeah.
0: Okay. So um, this all ties back into Active IQ, and I assume that Active IQ parses this data and reads it after it's already been placed from auto support. Is that right?
2: Yes. That's so, correct, yes. Uh, Faisal, you wanna, do, you, do you have a, yeah. a story
1: there? Yeah, that, that, <laughs> that's correct. So, uh, So what I understand is they... Uh, go back like six uh, months' worth of data. Um, uh, so yes, they do, um, they do ingest all of this into Active IQ. And it, when you look at the ASAP uh, architecture, right, there, are, there are many different stages in which the data flows. Uh, so this is kind of like uh, the, the lake or the pool where they read all the ASAP data from and, and, and then it gets, gets processed into the other application layers upstream.
2: Right, right, and so, so again, collectively, active IQ. You think about it as a, you know, I don't know. It's it's like everywhere, right? <laughs> it's the overarching like a, like framework that that makes it all work. So we ingest the data into NFS. Eventually, some there's a portion of it. There's some databases involved. There's a Hadoop data lake involved at some point. Uh, it's it's a it's a kind of a complex ecosystem. But that's sort of what you know it makes it valuable right we have all these things that we're doing with the data
0: yeah and i would imagine that you're yeah. consuming this data through hadoop using the mm-hmm. nfs
2: connector in some way i think we have done that experiment before i think we at this point we're not using the, NF, the nfs connector on the on the actual filers uh it actually follows a different flow and that's because it has a it was established before that technology existed right so the flow of data uh, has uh, existed you know for 20 years uh, we're just kind of Improved it <laughs> with uh, the Flex Group.
0: Okay, so how are yeah. you? How are you consuming that data after it's been placed? Is it still NFS then?
2: Yeah. So there is a there is a. Okay. Right, so they land on the NFS volumes, the NFS volumes, and there's a process by which data is copied from those NFS volumes uh, into another uh, into the data lake, right? And then in that lake they ana- they analyze it and they get some results, and then the results is actually the valuable data, right? And then those results accumulate in that lake, but then comes storage grid. And we're actually uploading some of that data into storage grid for, for archival. So we're not reading that directly from the NFS uh, you know, flex group, but it's making itself to where it needs to go through a series of processes.
0: So you're copying it from the NFS yes. volume to the data lake. That's right. When in reality, this whole volume could be the data lake.
2: It could be. It yeah. could be. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and really, most people are going to yeah. want to
0: do that because yeah. unlike them, they're not NetApp and they can't have right. infinite amounts of storage <laughs> just laying That's around, right. right?
2: That's right. Uh, now... I will, I will say um, that you would probably want to bring in the app support guys because they'll probably be upset at me if I misquoted their application in any way, serial form. But this is my understanding of how it works. That's fine. Yeah, I mean,
0: you know, <laughs> they, they won't be too angry. <laughs> they, they, get slightly, angry. they get angry. Just slightly.
2: <laughs> so,
0: um, Faisal, um, with the uh, the copying of the data, I mean, do we see any sort of performance improvements with that or is it about the same as it was before?
1: Uh, copying the data, you mean the throughput itself?
0: Yeah, just comp- coming from the Flex group to the data lake. I mean, are we seeing any performance improvements there? Is it about the same?
1: So,
2: so I think what you can he- quote the uh, what, what where Mash was saying of, in terms of the processing times, right?
1: Right. So, what he mentioned is uh, from an overall data processing time, uh, they're seeing a fifteen to twenty percent reduction. Okay, this so is, ov- overall end to end,
0: yeah, end to end data processing, fifteen to twenty percent less time. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Okay. This excellent. is as we code them. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, the other thing is the way we've configured the logical interfaces, right? We got one lift per node, and, and then we do a, a round robin DNS.
2: Oh, that's great.
1: Uh, oh, yeah. And, is and, that is yeah. that
0: off box DNS or is that the on box DNS?
1: It's the off box. It's in, it, we configured it, it on the uh, Infoblox.
0: Okay, so you basically just set up A records, or you use a load balancer in front of it, and it points to a single name, and then it just balances across the lifts.
1: Yeah, pretty much we created a single record, uh, a DNS record, and behind that, uh, we attached these four IPs. Uh, so each time they try to mount, they mount with a different IP. So they get, uh, you know, there are four IPs behind that one one record.
0: Right. And how frequently are you mounting?
1: Um. Uh, I am not sure about that. But when I look at it in Harvest, all these four lifts are, like, equally used. Yeah. Right? So
2: so the, one, one thing that, uh happening behind the scenes is that the servers that mount the data, is not just a couple. It's, like, a lot of them. There's, a, there's probably a hundred of them, right, that uh, they, they mount the server, and they may come and go, right? So the idea was, like, I'll say a, a way to load balance that incoming connection, right? And as we add more nodes, we'll add those IP addresses to that. Round robin DNS, so we, you know, next time they mount it, they'll they'll be distributed.
0: So, what sort of um, on features coming down the pipe are of interest to you for this particular workload? Does FlexCache fit in here at all? I mean, what, what sort of things would you be looking for in the future?
2: Well, so I think what we were are most uh, looking forward to is uh, really the next step in growing the Flex the Flex group and growing the cluster. But in terms of on features, you know, FlexCache brings an interesting proposition, right? Because uh, there's always interest of reading someone's data. Not only this, but in general terms, and, and Sport being one of them, uh, there's always interest of reading the data in different sites and whatnot. And, you know, to be perfectly honest, after SAM mode <laughs> kind of went away, uh, we haven't had the issue the, 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 the ability to present a caching, and we, we resort to mirroring and that becomes tricky right when you the assets are really really large right like in the case of this uh, flexscript so so that could be an interesting uh, use case especially for uh, development right and, and, and testing uh, because uh, maybe i don't want them to like write to it but maybe i want them to have a read only copy that is lightweight right on the, on on in in our case will be rtp right? because our production says in oregon so that will be an interesting uh, use case for you know for, for that feature
0: yeah and basically the cache should be local to where you're trying correct. to do your development that way you're not dealing with latency across the WAN.
2: correct right and the reality is that the data gets stale pretty quickly right that those of you know volumes are again i mentioned like 3.6 petabytes of capacity they may care about like the last 100 terabytes right and that and that is a good use case for caching
0: and are you uh using SnapMirror with these flex groups as well
2: no we're not uh again we're but we will need uh, we will need to snap mirror the whole thing, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, right, I was just
0: right, curious if you're right, like worried right. about the data protection or if so, it's like data that you could afford to. not So have.
2: The, the the reality is that that we haven't, but it doesn't mean that we couldn't. Uh, and in the past, we have avoided it just because before we went to the FlexRep solution, it was a collection of independent volumes. They're all like yeah, hundred terabytes each, and it just it wasn't manageable for us to actually do that That's snap mirroring. Now that's actually a possibility because it's at least collected in one place, and um. And in terms of data protection, I think uh, in the past we have a, uh, you know, accepted that it's okay not to have the, re- the 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 remote copy, and rely on snapshots for local local resiliency, just because the data is copied in in, in other you know to other to other platforms within within the the, the big application. Oh, yeah, that's
0: true. You are copying it off right. after you've populated it. So, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And what sort of retention are you having with these flex groups? Are you deleting data after a certain amount of time, or are you keeping it all the time?
2: We are keeping it all the time. We still have uh, plenty of old <laughs> out-of-support uh, volumes out there with uh, pretty old data, right? Uh, there has been talks about doing some of that uh, cleanup, but uh, I think we err on this a lot of caution, especially now that we're venturing into AI and doing some some machine learning with this data. You know, the value of the historical data is uh, is enormous, right? So we want to be able to you go back to it and and, and feed it into those uh, you know ventures that we're doing now.
0: Sounds like you could use Fabric Pool there and just tear it off to object storage somewhere or cloud, and that way you're freeing up that space. We, just saying. C- we, we
2: could. We just need to put it all flush fast.
0: <laughs> well, there you go. And you get the storage efficiencies. Yeah. The perform- I'm trying to sell you stuff and you're, <laughs> in your NetApp.
2: So. Hey, you don't, you don't need to convince me. I know it works. <laughs> 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 you know, one of the things that, as I mentioned earlier, one of the things that we struggle with is that we – you know, like as, you, as you're doing, it, everybody say hey, you should you should use this feature, use that feature, and whatnot. And and we do, and and they, they they work. It's just I need to make a decision. Like for example, in this case, we went for fast because we knew that that was the the workload will fit that that platform. And and you know, as much as we want to talk about it, right? Like I also have to make a economic decision, right? Do I buy all flash apps that we not need it, or the buy a fast that that is the actual matching uh, platform for the workload? And that's what we did.
0: Yeah, and that's right? that's really the hidden thing, right? When you're mm-hmm. doing net up on net just because you're net up doesn't mean you have an f- infinite level of money and resources. No.
2: You still have a budget. I do. I do. And and actually, I take offense sometimes. Um, people in my team, uh, my manager, will they'll make comments like, oh, we get this store cheap. Well- it'll be cheap if i got an actual budget right but uh, but i still have to pay for it right so like if the torch co- if the torch costs a dollar and i get a $0 budget then it, then it's still pretty expensive
0: yeah and i mean uh, you're not you're yeah, probably not getting yeah. like crazy deals either i mean we do we don't want to we we have to yeah, pay we, we have to pay, pay. for the, yeah
2: yeah i mean we have to pay for the uh, you know the hardware is not you know it doesn't come for free, right? We had to pay, and we had to build it, and we had to, you know, ship it and all that kind of stuff. So, so it is, a, it's a cost. I mean, as much as we, we, we can say that we do get a discount because you know we certainly, uh you know, can 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 install the licenses we need and that kind of stuff. It doesn't doesn't mean that we we just get it. It's, it's always a struggle right like any other it organization
0: all right so this all sounds really great but if i wanted more information or if i wanted to get in contact with netapp on netapp or just you know getting a a personalized tour how would i do that
2: (laughs) well there's a couple of things right so we actually publish a lot of blogs and i think when this podcast release we'll put the link to the blog that is particular to to flex group but we also can put a we'll put a link out there to we have a netapp on netapp presence on the on the web off of our main um you know netapp webpage. uh and you can engage with us either through there i mean there's an uh, there's an email address you can you can uh, reach out which reach, reach out to the, the team uh and if you're a customer that wants to talk to an i t person like myself or Faisal or anybody else uh you can work through your set you know your sales uh account team and they know how to reach us so we always as i said we're always available to talk to customers about our experiences so it's something that we kind do day in day out as part of our daily job
0: yeah you guys actually are integral to some of the sales because Customers want to see how we're using right. it, and you guys kind of give them the tour,
2: right? And and, and in fact, this past—I mean, we we also go to Inside, right? We have a booth, and we stand there and talk to people. Faisal was there last uh, this past Inside. I was there as, long, as well as I don't know, like fifteen other people. So yeah, well, generally available. You know, we, we'll post the links and we and we encourage you to reach out to your sales team to talk to us.
0: Excellent, Faisal. Anything else for us?
1: Nope. More than happy to talk to any customer. I am available on on LinkedIn. That's the best way to get a hold of me. All right, Eduardo,
0: Faisal, thanks so much for joining us today and telling us all about the goodness that is Flux Groups and ONTAP and ActiveIQ. Again, if we want to reach you on Twitter, Eduardo, how do we do that? At Mr. Ed Rivera. And Faisal, uh, LinkedIn is the best place, right? Yep. All right, we'll put that in the show notes and have people reach out to you. Cool. Thanks, Justin. Thanks so
2: much, guys. All right, thank you
0: all right that music tells me it's time to go if you'd like to get in touch with us send us an email to podcast at netup.com or send us a tweet at NetApp. as always if you'd like to subscribe find us on itunes soundcloud and stitcher or via tech if you like the show today leave us a review on behalf of the entire tech on Tap podcast team i'd like to thank faisal salam and eduardo rivera for joining us today as always thanks for listening